can't hear you. What you are about to witness through the sounds coming from your device is one of the greatest podcasts your ears will ever hear. One man took it upon himself to create a platform dedicated to all mankind. His vision was to accomplish the inevitable, a place where pointless opinions reign supreme and can be expressed for the entertainment of others. So sit back as you engulf on a journey, one that you have never experienced before. Welcome to the club. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the club podcast is your host, Matt Jacobs. And today I got Adam back on. Yo. How you doing, Adam? Oh, yo, I'm doing all right. You doing okay, huh? Doing all right. How you doing? I, you know, hey. there's some good things out there, some bad things out there, and I'm the bad. <laughs> <laughs> so today, uh, me and Adam have something in common besides uh, movies and we work together. Uh, we're also Christians, both of us. Indeed. So uh, this episode, for anyone who is interested in listening to our kind of testimonies and uh, kind of our inputs and uh, ideas and opinions on anything religious type, um, we're gonna spew uh, for a little bit, just for fun and for entertainment purposes, and maybe uh, informative for some people uh, who Hopefully. don't really know the Bible much, or the only way they know of the Bible is from you know fifty, sixty-year-old pastors who aren't very simplified when it comes to our generation of millennials. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, Adam, start with uh, how you grew up um, and uh, the moment you realized uh, a relationship with God is a lot more important than uh, anything else in the world. Well, uh, honestly, you know, a lot of people give you, just, just to give some background on my background, um, <laughs> disclaimer, I guess, uh, a lot of people give you, whenever they find out that you're a Christian and that you're a raised Christian, they tend to be like, oh, you're only Christian because you were raised that way, you know, which makes sense. Uh, and they're like, they have this this saying that's like, well, just because you were raised that way, like everybody else that was raised with theirs, like all theirs is right to them too. You right. You know what I mean? So it, it prompts the argument that everybody just thinks that theirs is right because they were just raised that way. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But um, you'll find, you'll come to find that at one point, finding it for yourself is more important um and uh so yeah whenever i was raised uh, i think i talked about it briefly before my my relationship with my mom wasn't the greatest she was an alcoholic and uh she i was i was actually homeschooled for a long time oh okay till uh close to eighth grade about eighth grade and uh i was so i was stuck at home all the time mm. and my dad he worked 16 17 maybe sometimes 18 hour shifts he would work his butt off um seven days a week every single day and he loved us he was great he was always trying to do stuff for us and my mom and when you say us how many how many siblings do you have oh that's a good point uh myself and two sisters okay and all three of you homeschool yes okay and uh i'm the middle child my mom she loved us but she she had a lot of issues growing up um, she was an alcoholic because of it and it's really, really bad things happened to her when she was a child. 
Um, so yeah, that unfortunately, whenever her brother that she loved died, it spiraled her into depression, and then mm. the homeschooling thing that happened uh, with us didn't really happen. She wasn't really teaching us anything, and she would ground and you know punish us over the dumbest things. And my dad wasn't there. You know, when he was home, he was trying to get some sleep, um, not much sleep. He was trying to also be a good dad to us. But uh, our only outside time was going to church every now and then, like Wednesdays So it was like your refuge. It was kind of like my refuge. So mm. another argument against my, you know, beliefs, like, oh, you know, of course you believed in it. You know, you had, you were almost conditioned to yeah. do so, you know what I mean? Uh, however, when I started going to school, didn't start off with many friends because I was, you know, a little socially awkward, but the next year I did. I actually made friends, really good friends with the people that were bullying me the first year. Mm. Um but as time went on, uh, close to my senior year, um, some really good friends had like kind of betrayed my trust and not did so did some kind of messed up stuff to me and it really hurt. And I, you know, circumstance made me turn away from God, so to speak. And I feel like that's also the case with with human beings. Like it's always the bad that makes you look up the bad times and whether you're looking up to you know curse at god mm-hmm. or you know looking up to ask for help people don't care until things go wrong and uh, that was the case for me and i definitely cared however it was the the first part it was the the former i was cursing at him and i chose not to believe at that point and i started i did some things that i regretted i messed up um turned away from you know how i was raised and um you know, the morals, we can get into that later, the morals of of God and the Bible. But, you know, uh, during my little breakdown, I, I heard him. I did hear him. I turned away from him, and I didn't want to believe in more because essentially I wanted to do what I wanted. And I heard him, and I, I felt like I heard him say, I will make all things new, which is also a passage in Revelation, um, like making a new heaven. What do you mean by heard him for people who who aren't really uh, understanding of religion? So it's it's really hard to explain because you're not auditory. It's not like an auditory thing. You don't hear him out loud, and you, you know you don't actually hear right. him too much in your head either. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is when you are, when you are a believer, you have this peace uh, of of heart and peace of mind with your existence, and then when you're not, there's almost like this deafening silence in the world and it's really and that's what i heard whenever i turned away i heard like nothing it was really weird Mm. and um you know when you listen to like a really like personal song that you really like Mm -hmm. and you're hearing the lyrics and it's one thing to hear it but there's something in in your heart it's like it provokes like an emotional response yeah it's not just that it's also like whenever somebody tells you they love you like there's like something that happens in your heart and stuff well it's like that hearing him, but it's I don't know almost multiplied so okay. much to where that feeling is is like translated into words, like the feeling itself is what's resonating so strongly that you can hear a voice from it, and it's telling you something almost like an instinct or something. It's crazy because it's not from your head, you know a lot of again, a lot of secularists would be like, "Oh, you know you're crazy for for hearing things and whatever, which I can totally see where they're coming from from a yeah. you know subjective standpoint but it's more than that it's like why am i well how could i provoke such a strong emotional response out of nowhere 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can't do that. And it's it's moving. It moves you in a place where you're where not much can move you. It somehow moves you. Yeah, people don't understand uh, a lot that uh, when people say stuff like that, it's not on a sci-fi spectrum. Nope. Um, yeah, where you hear a voice or you see him. Um, it's just a metaphor of, of saying that like, uh, cause there were times like even in your heart and in your mind where you'd even like talk to yourself to like prep yourself up for certain things. Um, it's that, it's that idea that in a way you're speaking to yourself, but you know that there's a hidden meaning behind it. Yes. And, uh, you realize that it's not really you who's leading that conversation between yourself so to speak. And you know, I, I, speaking of internal dialogue, which I feel like you're kind of referring to here, I, I learned recently that half the population doesn't even have an internal dialogue, which is crazy. Hmm. They just perceive thoughts with like pictures and sounds and stuff, but they don't like talk to themselves. So th- for those people that believe in God, what do you say to that? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not, they hear a voice, but they don't have an internal dialogue. They're not talking in their head. It's like weird to think of that. Yeah. So, so, uh, let me give you my background, and then we can go into that. Um, my background wasn't as tough as yours. Um, I did grow up uh, both in a, Christ- in a Christian home with both my parents, uh, who are still married today. Uh, there was no like harsh, negative um, outcomes to my life. My dad's uh, dad was very abusive when uh, his my dad's mom passed away, um, and he went off to college. He was the oldest, uh, but it was. His his little sister and little brother, who are my aunt and uncle, um, took a lot of beatings, and uh, to the point where um, it it hit them hard um, in different ways. And uh, there was a there was a movie I forget what it was. Um, I think it was like Heaven Is for Real or something like that. One of those types of movies. And it came out recent where the dad was uh, very abusive to the son, and uh, my dad and mom were watching. And uh, when they came out, uh, my mom saw that my dad was very distraught. And, uh, you know, she was like, hey, you know, are you okay? And he said uh, that he just saw his life on that screen. And it was like, dang. So when I heard that, I got mad. I mean, I got real mad. I mean, my grandfather at that point was on his deathbed, you know what I mean? And <laughs> he was he's in Michigan, so it's, you know what I mean? But drive to, over to curse him out. Yeah, but to <laughs> understand that like my dad still like visualizes all those all those stuff. and the fact that he didn't uh bring that type of uh behavior to my life uh is speaks volumes. I mean, it's, I'm I'm absolutely uh respectful and love my dad because of that um takes a lot yeah it does but uh i went to a christian school um basically it was an average of like 25 people you know per grade everyone knew everyone the the, the rumors were like hand holdings underneath tables like it was yeah i mean very legalistic <laughs> it sounds oh yeah it was a big deal uh so yeah that that's how i was raised um i'm extremely breast and privileged uh for sure because i don't know i don't know how i would be if i wasn't um that strict and it wasn't super strict i mean it was kind of like my parents put me up me and my brother my older brother on a high level of rules but not like rules where i hated them you know what i mean but rules to where they like my self um felt like i you know didn't want to curse when i grew up i didn't want to drink i didn't want to do drugs not 
You know what I mean? Like there wasn't a, a, a fact of like, I hate my parents so much. I want to rebel and do it. Like they ingrained in me to not want to do it on my own. And, uh, you know, because of that, everything, everything went well, you know what I mean? And even to this day, uh, you know, I, I've, I've struggled with cursing. Obviously drinking is, is more of like a social thing now. And, uh, um, you know, drugs are out of the question, but they, she, they raised me on a, like a high level knowing that I would drop because everyone does, mm-hmm. you know, you rebel at some you know way or whatever, Curiosity. but that drop was still above, you know what I mean? A good way of, um, leading myself when I grow up, you know, and when, how I teach my kids and stuff like that. So, uh, I am glad that, that my path was the way that it was. Um, but I think, uh, getting to the follow up question, um, did you answer that of when, when you realized, or when basically the day you got saved, do you remember that day and, and what came of it? Yeah, actually. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I went to a play, it was a Halloween play at a Protestant church and, uh, it was called, you Hel- grew up Protestant. Is that what it was? Yes. Okay. My dad grew up Catholic. And, uh, you know, he didn't really like it, not, not to hate on Catholicism, but that's an entirely different subject, but, (laughs) uh, he, uh, he just didn't feel like he was getting close with God with that. And, you know, he felt like the rules and the the traditions that were repetitive kind of, I would say, watered it down and traditions are important, but, you know, relationship is the is the goal is the yeah. key, and uh, he wasn't getting that. And when he moved over to a Protestant church, despite his family's you know upbringing and still dislike to what he's doing, um, he got closer. He got yeah, it's more closer. it's more family based. It's yes. definitely more uh, personal, more Bible based. Yeah, and I've gone I've gone to Catholic churches, um, and I've seen their services, and uh, we do funerals there, obviously. Um, but it's yeah, it's a lot of. Uh, I call them rituals. I mean, not all rituals are bad. No. Um, but it's you know, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. You say the same thing. You sing the same songs. The pastor preaches, but he doesn't preach from the heart. You know, he preaches from a typed paper that he's written or whatever, and everything's like um, scripted. Yeah, sc- yeah, exactly. Scripted, big words. You know, he doesn't like put a book down. Get in front of the podium and talk, you know what I mean? Talk life lessons and talk, you know, personal, um, you know, personal, uh, situations that he's been in and how he's overcome it. And you could just tell that everyone is just like, I'm here because I feel like I have to, in order to please God. But then, you know, not a lot of people are getting anything out of it. So they say, Oh, I'm Catholic. I've gone to Catholic churches. I'm in good graces with God, you know, but when you switch over to, uh, like a Protestant or a Baptist or non-denominational for that matter. Um, you could tell like the worship, the way people sing, people's hands are in the air, people are crying, people are kneeling because they can't, you know what I mean? Like there's so much more emotion to the congregation in how they're interacting with the church, uh, that you can, I know that there's different ways of worship. Yep. Old people still worship with hymns, you know what I mean? Yep. But like, I grew up with hymns. I know a lot of hymns by heart. Um, but again, like when I switched over to worship, like you could feel more emotion to the words because they were simplified words. You know what I mean? Even if you're singing Jesus loves you a million times, but the way that the chords and the guitars are playing, like you just, you feel it more. Um, I think that's this generation for sure. But, uh, you, 
that moment is definitely uh, there and, and you can feel it. And that's why I came to uh, that realization that that's, that's the style of worship that I enjoy and that I really get out of it. And I'm, I'm not going to be scared to admit that I've cried, you know, singing certain worship <laughs> songs. It Same. just gets to you. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. Cause it's a, you know, it's a reflection of heart. It's not the worship and, and, and praise is for you. It's for him. Yeah. That's what the, and that's the, the difference, the difference between praise and worship is praising him is giving him praise for what he's done for you. Yeah. And worship is, you know, praising him for who he is mm. and, uh, you know, just, ex- you know, exalting him and whatnot. But yeah, so this hell's alternative play, it, uh, it was about the rapture and, mm. uh, it was very realistic play. It was kind of, kind of scary for my age. They had like demons, you know, they were really like really well makeuped up. Really? You okay. Know, running through the crowds and stuff, and there's like this crazy music going, and they were like tackling people on the stage and stuff, and to simulate hell, you know, this this woman had like a dream. She wasn't a believer. She had a dream of, you know, going to hell after being close with God, and um, yeah, and then they uh, they go a rapture happens, and then the the son didn't get saved, and he ends up overdosing on heroin, and he gets told by God, you know, after he dies, like, you know, depart from me, I never knew you, and then like all these screams start happening and then, yeah. like, you know, he, Satan comes out of nowhere, you know, and then demons tackle him into a crowd of like a bunch of like shadow people. It's crazy. It's a crazy play. It's good. But, um, you know, it's a lot of churches. Some churches are, you know, fire and brimstone and then some churches are very like super like clouds and pillows and stuff. And this, this play was kind of like a good in between of just reality with, with the whole religion, the whole belief system, yeah. you know, like, how old were you? Uh, I was eight. Wow, okay. Yeah. So again, the whole conditioning thing kind of comes into play. Yeah. However, uh, I turned away from him when I was 18. And then um, very shortly after, I, I came back, but I was still living the wrong way. Yeah. You know, like my belief set was that he's there and I believe in him and whatnot, but I wasn't I wasn't choosing to live for him, mm. you know, as he should. Yeah. And uh, it reflected my life kind of spiraled a bit and there's a lot of things I regret from there things I learned um but you know I'm I'm lucky that for, I'm very fortunate that he saved me from myself from the whole ordeal and that's the biggest thing I think that God saves you from a lot of things but yourself is like is huge yeah because we all make those mistakes you know yeah and when it comes to, to Catholicism I feel like um you know there's different sides of the spectrum um I have seen some Catholic churches, a lot of Catholic churches that are like that, you know, because they are told what to do by the Pope, essentially, mm-hmm. by, you know, the Vatican on how to do it. But I've seen some that are, like, you know, very, like, from the heart. From really? The, okay. From the Holy Spirit. I've seen a few that are like that. You know, not, not all of them are the same. I will say that. Um, but I've also, when I was doing a funeral in, in California, a funeral service, um, I saw that there was a crucifix with Mary on it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like whenever, you, you know, there's traditions, man-made traditions, not bad, not necessarily bad if it's not sinful. If they, if you take it too far and you value them above the word of God, they can transform to be something bad, an yeah. idol, you know, an yeah. idol that comes before God. And that's kind of the case there. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Mary. And again, that's another conversation. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that alone and, and on the opposite side of the spectrum to to not I'm not necessarily the devil's advocate. But, yeah. the, you know, the argue, the other side of the argument, like uh, Pentecostal churches 
are super emotional, you know, and there are people falling down all over the place. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen those videos where they look like they're hopscotching on the floor and stuff and spazzing out. And it, Yes, I've it, seen those. Yeah, it, it kind of gives the rest of us a bad name when yeah. when they're freaking out like that. And I'm not saying... Benny Hinn? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, there's only one unforgivable sin uh, and that Jesus spoke of, and it's uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So I don't want to go ahead and say that they all have an unclean spirit that they yeah. have, but at the same time, I don't... It's not necessarily biblical mm-hmm. to, for it to manifest that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, I think that what's important because you know you talked about worship and praise and it being a cer- sounding a certain way. Um, the importance is you and God. Yeah, and how you do it is on you. But as long as it's biblical and as long as it's about Him and not you trying to sound good, you know, then that's what's important. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, so going from, uh, my, uh, revelation, so to speak is, uh, there was a moment in time where, uh, I think I've told you this before, but my absolute worst fear in life is getting sick, like throwing up, getting sick, mm. not death, which is, you know, normally what people would. It does suck. Throwing yeah. Up. Yeah, it's like uh, I can't. Growing up, I just despised it. I mean, I I forced myself in any means necessary not to. But there was one uh, day, and I believe I was like ten years old. Uh, <laughs> I remember I ate like extra cheese pizza, and I had a lot of it in me. Ooh. And uh, it was late at night. And I sat on the toilet, like just on the top of the toilet. You know, all the seats were down. And uh, I was crying because I knew it was going to happen. And <laughs> I pleaded with God. And I believe that this was the first time, like you said, when you grow up with it, it's like, oh, you know, I'm already friends with God. I already have a relationship with God. I can just talk and I can you know, ask him for forgive me. And, and somehow or another, there's this bond between us. But that night, uh, in my vulnerability, I pleaded with God and it was the first time that I truly like saw him in a way of like speaking to him like without without a shadow of a doubt I at that moment I knew he was real I knew he could help me and I pleaded and literally was like God please just don't let me get sick please 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 and I mean I'm crying I'm 10 years old no one else seen it I'm in the bathroom or whatever and so I survived that night without any uh any sickness right and everyone was like oh okay that's cool like that could be a coincidence as well you know for other people who are like a hard to hard to believe i would say so as well right that's 10 years old i'm 30 years old now and for 20 years i haven't thrown up once now to me is that coincidence <laughs> no because i think especially with god uh, he you know there are moments where he says like trust me and I'll give you more than what you expect or more than what you, I didn't say God, if you know, I didn't even test him. I wasn't like, God, if you don't make me get sick, I'll, I'll believe in you or, you know, don't let me get sick for the rest of my life. No, I asked for one night, one night. And he's fulfilled that promise ever since then for 20 years. Now, if I were to throw up today right now, would I be mad at him? <laughs> oh, 20 years is 20 years longer than I expected. Right. <laughs> um, but through those 20 years, didn't throw up once except one time 
and one time only. And I fully understand why. Because I went through this anxiety phase. I worked at Pizza Hut inside of a Target. Um, and there were there were shifts where I would work by myself. Well, I went through this anxiety phase where I was like, if I get sick, I can't leave, right? Because I'd have to take like a half hour to shove everything down. Like I couldn't run to the bathroom and like, you know, whatever. So I would, I would you know, I would screw with my mind by being like, don't get sick, don't get sick, don't get sick. And then I would upset my stomach, right? And then I'd mm-hmm. like make myself just feel terrible because I'm stressing myself out by hoping I don't get sick, right? So uh, we went to a Christian camp. Uh, it's called The Wilds. It's an awesome camp if you've ever been to it. No. Uh, it's huge. But uh, it's an eight-hour bus trip at least. Um, eight-hour bus trip to uh, our stopping point, and then I think it's like four hours after that. Oh, wow. And uh, so I'm I'm sitting here going, we're going to be on a bus for eight hours, and I have nowhere to go if I need to get sick. You know what I mean? And it would be embarrassing to try to, like, roll down the window, stick my head out on a highway, throwing up. I'm not going to tell the bus driver to pull over. You know what I mean? And so I knew that I was going to feel sick during this whole because I would do the same thing. You know, don't get sick, don't get sick. Don't get sick. So I got on that bus, and I was like, God, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> I said, if you don't make me feel sick one time during this bus trip, I'll listen to whatever the pastor's got to say during the whole week. But if I feel sick once, I'm shutting you out. I'm not listening to anything the pastor's got to say or nothing. Oof. Yep. And then after eight hours, the instant I got off that bus, I ran to the bathroom and puked for two hours straight. Now, was I mad? <laughs> no. No? You shall not test the yeah, Lord your God. <laughs> it, it, literally, it was a realization that I was like, did I really just sit on the back of that bus and tell God that you're going to listen to me and then I will let you know whether I want to listen to you. Literally, it was like, <laughs> it was a guy looking at me going, Matt, really? Like, I've given you how many years of, of not getting sick because you asked for one night and now all of a sudden you're just going to be like, hmm, I'm, uh, you're going to listen to me because I'm going to tell. No. So that again fulfills the fact that it wasn't a coincidence. And I think that, that, uh, situation and the situ- ongoing situation that's it's happening uh, has kept me in you know what I mean it, it, it solidified that the the God that I believe in is real you yeah. know what I mean and not everyone uh, gets those situations um, especially non-believers uh, it's not all the time that you can test God by saying you know if I wake up and and this pen is cracked in half then I'll believe you're real. You know what I mean? Tests like that don't happen um, for the most part. And God wants you to believe uh, out of faith. And out of love. And out of love, yeah. And not out of fear or out of um, contentment. Me, or, or or Santa Claus, like, hey, fairy, like, give me what I want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because people go, why doesn't God just show himself? It's yeah. like, okay, yeah. If, you know, if he shows himself, then I'll believe in him. It's like, yeah, but no, 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 no. You won't believe in him because you love him because you saw him. You'll believe in him because you realize the alternative is hell. And if God's real, heaven's real. And if heaven's real, hell's real. So now you got to believe in him because you see him. That's not out of love. That's out of fear. Yep. And uh, you will, you'll just, and just because you believe in him doesn't mean you'll exactly live for him either. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why he doesn't do that. But there are moments as a believer, it's easy to see him in certain things, whether it's a rainbow whether it's a sun ray, whether it's, uh, there was one time I was reading the Bible and I was, I was at the Passover, um, part in Exodus. And it said like the first, 
verse was like the second month of the year and then like a couple of verses down it was like the fifth day of the month which is February 5th and that was the day that I was reading that passage of scripture mm. like you know what I mean like that's to me it's not coincidence that's just God saying like what's up Matt I just want to say hi again you know what I mean like stuff like that we can see it because it's easy to see it that way yep whereas other people might not be able to see it or have those situations or care to see it yeah because yeah, people essentially don't want to turn away from the way they want to live. They they want to they don't want to change. And who, right. you know who who would if they feel comfortable? And uh, that kind of goes into what you're saying, perspective. And uh, I heard from multiple pastors that quote uh, a famous author, a Christian author, Tozer. I don't know his first name, but his last name is Tozer. Okay. Uh, he says that the most important thing about you, about anybody, is how they view God. Mm. And I think that's really important because. If you don't view him as real, then you're going to live your life accordingly. You know, if we're we're all here by accident, then there are no real morals. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's not true. Good and evil, you know, it still exists. It does it, though. If we're all here by accident, you know, like what is good and evil? Who defines that? You know, like some cultures, it's okay to eat other people. You know, that's their agreed upon morals. That's their ethics. And that's all morals would be if we're all here by accident. We're just creating rules to help survive better. That's it. But if he's there, then you believe his rules. You believe his laws. That's what mm-hmm. keeps the moral law in place. He gives it authority. And if and it, it's, it's, it goes the same way for Christians. If you see him as your servant, then you're going to live that way accordingly. And, yeah. and you did, and that was kind of like a, a lesson learned for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I shouldn't see him that way, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and if you see him as smaller than your circumstances, then you're going to live in anxiety. You're going to see, you're going to live in like worry. You're not, you're going to be, you're not going to be as filled with peace if you, as yeah. if you saw him as who he is, which is this omniscient, omnipotent being that lives outside of the four dimensions of our space and reality, you know, time and whatnot. Time isn't, is only really restrictive to us, not him, you know? He, yeah. He created it for us to understand how things work, but yeah, he, he lives in the future. He lives in the past. Lives now at the same time. Yeah, he's he's God. Yeah, and before we get off, I just wanted to tell uh, people there 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 is temptation out there, uh, and it's some temptation is strong. Some temptation uh, is hard to do by yourself. Uh, some temptation you can't do by yourself, uh, and a lot of times uh, God has God is there for you to help. Um, but the Bible does say that, uh, there's no temptation in the world that you cannot overcome with God's help. And kind of, that's what Satan is there for. God, you know, lets Satan out on a leash only so far to tempt you because he wants you to prove his love towards him. And without temptation, there's no love, right? There's no choice of love. Yeah. And, uh, and choice to grow. And so, um, People just got to realize like, but you can't ask for God's help and not help yourself and expect him to help you. Yep. And so uh, for those of you out there who are struggling with any type of uh, temptation uh, with any type of life and you think it's hard, uh, understand that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And if it is and if it's God that you need, then it's God that you need. And uh, you need he will he will be there. You know, what I mean, Uh, you might not see it yet. Because your heart's not there yet. Um, but testing him is not going to be the way to go. Uh, you just got to open your heart to faith. And he'll show himself somehow. Except, show. except with your finances. That's the one thing he said you can test him on. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he did with tithing, uh, which is a, a struggle for a lot of people who want to give up ten percent, which could be two hundred fifty bucks. You know what I mean, or yep. something. Yep. A week. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, so yeah. And 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 to, to piggyback of what you're saying, um, even when you are a Christian, you know, people say that being Christian is hard. That's not true. It's impossible. <laughs> it, yeah. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. Even as a Christian, like. I mean, it's not going to be to the level of like what Jesus had to go through <laughs> by dying on the cross, but it's 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 similar. There's bullying. Yep. There's a lot of demeaning, you know, verbal abuse. It happens. Yep. And but if you got to look at what the end result's going to be, and, and that the end result is you becoming more like Jesus. And if you can't do that on your own, yeah. not at all. You need his help. Yeah. Well, thanks, Adam. Uh, I'm glad that you can come on. We'll definitely continue this conversation, get more in depth with. Uh, different uh things maybe i'll get questions from other people Ooh. um that we can answer uh, uh i'll spit this up on facebook and see if uh, there's questions that people want our opinions on yeah uh, love to try to answer those yeah definitely be there so uh again thanks for listening i know this one is not more of a enjoyable uh category for some people um but i'm glad that uh for whoever small audience is listening i'm glad that you guys can uh hear us out um give us your opinions and uh, definitely we'll add on to the next time we speak but uh again today uh welcome to the club thanks for listening and uh like i always say stay classy <laughs>